Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of 15-Minute Devotional. Uh, This is an online video and podcast series for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, and for any other onlookers on Facebook or YouTube who'd like to join us, and for listeners to Melvin Gaines' Faith Channel. My name is Melvin Gaines. Of course, as always, we want to remind people, especially those of you who are new, this program encourages viewers and listeners to get into God's Word and stay in His Word with consistency as you learn and grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, This program will be covering the daily reading for Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. And we encourage participation in the two-year Bible reading plan, which allows for the reader to cover the Bible over a two-year period. And in our devotional here, we're going to present the passages for today, for May 31st, and then make some verbal notes about the content as we go. Now, when you follow the two-year Bible plan, it won't be exactly like this. It'll be more of your reading the Bible passages for the day uh, for about a seven to ten minute period of time. And then you would follow that time with the last five to eight minutes within the 15 minutes for reflection of the readings and prayer. That is why we refer to this as 15-minute devotional. We'll be doing this broadcast for longer than 15 minutes, so we want to be clear about why we call it that. But we encourage all participants to follow the pattern of reading the Bible each day, developing the best habits for reading and studying and meditating on God's Word. That's what it's all about. Now, of course, you can read the Bible more than 10 minutes at a time, of course. But for those of us who have time constraints, those of us who are very busy, that 15-minute devotional time helps to establish good habits every day, whether you're reading in the morning or reading at night. Bottom line, hey, let's get started. Let's see what we can do here today. So we're going to look at the passages specifically uh, in for today's reading of May 31st. Uh, Numbers 25, verses 1 through 18. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Psalm 60, verses 1 to 5. And then Proverbs 16, verses, verses 12 and 13. So let's get started. Let's turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Numbers chapter 25. Let's look at verses uh, 1 through 18. This is going to be a very um, interesting passage in Numbers. Uh, of course, most of the Bible readings I'm doing, I'm actually reading the Bible in a one-year plan and a two-year plan at the same time, which I won't explain why, but uh, it, it, it's a little complicated. But then there's some overlap in there, too, that's very helpful because when you're reading passages, sometimes it's good to go back over them and look at material, too. But here's one that's very interesting. Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 through 18. And this passage, as I get adjusted here, um, is going to be talking about the uh, Baal worship at Peor. And let's go ahead and start with the reading. I'll read from the New Living Translation. And please follow along in your version. Amen. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray first. Don't want to forget about that. Father, thank you for this time that you've given to us to read your scripture. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you that you ask that you just bless us right now. And slow ourselves down a little bit so that we can hear you speak to us through the power of the Spirit. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for allowing me to do that because that's what I normally try to remember to do at all times, to pray before we even look at the word. Amen. All right. Numbers chapter 25, verse 1. While the Israelites were camped at Acacia Grove, some of the men defiled themselves by having sexual relations with local Moabite women. 
These women invited them to attend sacrifices to their gods. So the Israelites feasted with them and worshipped the gods of Moab. In this way, Israel joined in the worship of Baal of Peor, causing the Lord's anger to blaze against his people. The Lord issued the following command to Moses, seize all the ringleaders and execute them before the Lord in broad daylight, so his fierce anger will turn away from the people of Israel. So Moses ordered Israelites judges, each of you must put to death the men under your authority who have joined in worshiping Baal of Peor. Verse 6, just then one of the Israelite men brought a Midianite woman into his tent right before the eyes of Moses and all the people as everyone was weeping at the entrance of the tabernacle. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, and grandson of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he jumped up and left the assembly. He took a spear, verse 8, and rushed after the man into his tent. Phinehas thrust the spear all the way through the man's body and into the woman's stomach, so the plague against the Israelites was stopped, but not before 24,000 people had died. Verse 10. Then the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, and grandson of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites by being as zealous among them as I was. So I stopped destroying all Israel as I had intended to do in my zealous anger. Verse 12. Now tell him that I am making my special covenant of peace with him. In this covenant, I give him and his descendants a permanent right to the priesthood, for in his zeal for me, his God, he purified the people of Israel, making them right with me. The Israelite man killed with the Midianite woman was named Zimri, son of Zalu, the leader of a family from the tribe of Simeon. The woman's name was Kozbi. She was the daughter of Zer, the leader of a Midianite clan. Then the Lord said to Moses, attack the Midianites and destroy them. Because they assaulted you with deceit and tricked you into worshiping Baal of Baal of Peor, and because of Cosby, the daughter of a Midianite leader, who was killed at the time of the plague because of what happened at Peor. Okay, that's Numbers 25, verses 1 through 18. I'm going to give a very simplistic response to this and, and looking at this passage. Understand something about how things are in this particular time we're talking about what the israelites did and they went out on their own and did some things that clearly the lord did not advocate or, or say was permissible did not do anything of the sort they did exactly the opposite they basically went on their own ways of thinking and doing things this is a lot like our world today and they essentially went they discovered the way of balaam um balaam of course, was a prophet. He was able to prophesize, uh, uh, prophesy about uh, what the Lord had given to him as far as messages to convey. But he had uh, a fault, a, hu a huge fault, and was evil and deceitful because he loved money, uh, frankly, more than anything else. And a lot of people do things, frankly, for the love of money. We, we talk about this all the time. Now, in this particular case, these people here, um, these people who are worshiping Baal, um, they were just, just being disobedient to God. 
Um, and at the end of the day, this thing is what has done is allowed them because of their evil to uh, commit fornication, to do things um, that were clearly inappropriate. It is a, a, essentially the world that we live in today follows the doctrine of Balaam, uh, doing things in their own minds, ways, ways of thinking, contrary to God's thinking. And that's what got them in trouble where the Lord was so angry with them and decided that these people needed to be executed. These need to people need to be removed. Now, we can't go around today and execute people when they are disobedient to God. Amen. We leave that up to the judgment of God when it comes right down to it. And I think as we observe things that happen today in this world, we just need to be prayerful for these people that uh, choose to be disobedient to God and do so in such a way where such where it's so cavalier and they really just don't have any concerns about the, the wrong that they're doing. Many of them, in fact, even know that they're doing what is wrong and not what is right. And we need to be praying for these individuals that they don't get swept away by God's wrath in any way, shape, or form. Because God will see fit or see to it that those individuals, even if they don't realize what they're doing now, they will recognize it later on if they do not have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And interestingly enough, you know, Balaam um, is not spoken of very highly, even though he was a prophet of God. Uh, he was an evil man, and he has that reputation, and it was mentioned more than once in the New Testament. It was mentioned in Jude, and, and also it just continues. Uh, even in, in Revelation, there's re reference to that. I don't have time to give you all the passages there. I can just tell you that that's where we would find those things. But at the end of the day, we need to make sure that we are prayerful and recognizing that what we read here in Numbers chapter 25 and how some people have a zeal for God, may we always have that zeal for God. And may we always make sure that we stand on the word of God no matter what's going on. There's a lot of opposition there's a lot of uh, the fight uh, of forces of, of good and evil, the fight of forces of those who follow Christ and those who uh, don't follow Christ. That is what is ongoing today and is in some ways is very subtle, in some ways is very much out in the open. May we always take a stand and have a zeal for, <clears throat> pardon me, zeal for the Lord in all things. I think that what can happen and what has happened in many aspects of our society, especially even with believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes we, you know, just try to get along with people and work with people. And I understand that to a certain degree, but I think that it comes down to how much ground are you going to give up for the purposes of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ? Um, if people are willing to listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ, are you going to be prepared to speak about it? If people are willing to listen to you, are you going to be ready to speak to them? Or are you going to retreat back into a place where, you know, I don't think this person really wants to hear what I have to say anyway. That's not for you to decide. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives direction on when to speak about the goodness of Jesus Christ. But what are we, what are we trying to prevent here? What are we trying to avoid? Are we trying to avoid things for our, the lack of comfort we may experience? Or are we trying to really sincerely care about those individuals who are going to hell if they don't hear the truth about Jesus? And at the end of the day, it's their decision. Amen. They have to decide what they want to do with that. But if they choose not to listen to you, that's not your concern. It's just your 
you just have to take a stand. And I'll I'll leave it there. I think that's the best way to look at that. We, I, I, all of the mentioning here about how the um, the the gentleman, the young man who took it upon himself, Phineas took it upon himself to drive a spear through those. Uh, the man and the woman who were being blatantly disobedient to God before everyone, Moses and all the people, um, that was his justification. And look what the Lord said. The Lord said about that zeal is that because of the fact that he was zealous for, for God, zealous for what the God had stood, stood for, it stopped the plague. But it took out 24,000 people because these people were clearly not following the Lord. And that's a lot like our world today. We need to understand that people are dooming themselves to um, eternal damnation because they're choosing to live a certain way. So by all means, stand on the Lord's word, stand on his promises, have faith in him, trust in him, and don't back down. Uh, if if it's time to speak up, it's time to speak up, and the, the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words to say when it's time to speak up and just be prepared to take that stand and there may be a consequence for that or two but we just want to be ready to make sure that we're standing on in the faith you don't want to be on the other side amen okay let's go over to another passage let's go to luke chapter 2 luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 luke 2 verses 1 through 20 This is a very familiar passage because this is actually talking about the birth of Jesus in the form that Luke tells. Luke always gives us the Cliffsnose version of everything that happens in Scripture. He does a really good job of giving us the facts and the information. And remember, he is writing this uh, to Theophilus, who is a Greek. um, And this is a way that, you know, the, the, the message of Jesus Christ was going to go beyond the Jews, but also now to the Greeks and the Greek language and it was being spread and propagated in that manner and so this is Luke's writing style uh, conveys all of this because we're going to cover all of this in verse in 20 verses here Luke chapter 2 verse 1 let's start there at that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire this was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of, of Syria Verse 3, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a a descendant of King David, uh, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. Pardon me. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, The time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. 
You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and on and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everything what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Okay, so this passage, of course, in Luke chapter 2, some of you who are familiar with the Charlie Brown Christmas may remember that uh, this passage was being quoted in that episode. And it is kind of famous for that reason uh, because of all the exposure it got. But you can, can you imagine the exposure when the shepherds went back and told everybody about what they had heard and experienced? That got a lot more exposure back then, even though we are living in a time of television. Um, because God wanted to make sure that that word was being spread everywhere and anywhere. He was the one who was conveying this truth, uh, and he wanted to make people to understand uh, who it was that they were looking to and what, what to recognize and the times that they were living in. That, that Christ had been born after all the t- different prophecies in the Old Testament about the appearance of Christ. Here it was coming into fruition. It was coming to fruition. It was actually happening, and the shepherds were sharing that information. And that's really important for us to see. Um, Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, uh, I'm going to share that with you. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Uh, Jesus had a purpose. He came to earth now. He was going to be, uh, he was born of a virgin, uh, as stated in the passages and He was going to be the one who was going to be the propitiation for our sins. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is exactly what the story is all about. It was a time of rejoicing, a time of joy indeed, because the Savior that had been promised from the very beginning, when I say the very beginning in in Genesis chapter 3, I mean the very beginning, uh, that Savior was indeed now born and was going to fulfill his role of obedience to the Father to make sure that he was indeed the one who would be uh, the living, perfect sacrifice for us and for our sins. A lot to celebrate here, amen? That is what we want to make, make sure we're aware of, too. And we're going to see that, that Jesus had a perfectly normal, uh, as you read further on in Luke, you'll see in verse 52, he had a normal childhood, but he grew in wisdom and stature. Um, that's in favor with God and all the people, so... He was, even as a child, he was looked upon very highly. He, he grew in his reputation, and that was very important for us to see for someone who is going to have great influence um, for those at the time that needed to hear the truth uh, about who God was and, 
And this was indeed Emmanuel, God with us. So that's uh, that passage, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And it's very important for us to see how, just to emphasize what I said earlier, the Greek language, this was all being written in Greek. They were going to be the ones that were going to get the message out about the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that was going to take place, of course, once the the writers of the New Testament had completing the words and, and, and spoke on what was happening. So all the way through to Alexander the Great, I mean, he was one also that uh, did the proclamation of who God was and, and why it was important to pay attention to him. Okay, I want, don't want to go too far into that because that's going to be a very, very, make this a very lengthy broadcast. So let's move on. Let's go to Psalm uh, 60. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 5. I hope that this whets your appetite. I mean, this is what this is all about. Um, a lot of this, the readings here and what we're saying here, you've, you can, you've read these, read these on your own, perhaps at one time or another. But now it's an opportunity for you to really just pray about what you're reading and what God is trying to say to you. That's the whole purpose of this, uh, this broadcast. Psalm 60, verses 1 through 5. And Psalm 60, of course, this is going to be, as you know, David is a composer of many of the psalms that we read about. And he uh, is uh, is now talking about how he's going to experience victory um, at this particular time because he's being pursued constantly um, by Saul and, and his band of people where basically they are supposed to kill him on sight and and. So he's being chased down constantly. But let's take a look at what it says in Psalm 60, verses 1 through 5. For the choir director, a psalm of David, useful for teaching regarding the time David fought Aram Naharim and Aram Zobah, and Joab returned and killed 12,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt, to be sung to the tune, Lily of the Testimony. You have rejected us, O God, and broken our defenses. You have been angry with us. Now restore us to your favor. You have shaken our land and split it open. Seal the cracks, for the land trembles. You have been very hard on us, making us drink wine that sent us reeling. But you have raised a banner for those who fear you, a rallying point in the face of attack. Interlude. Now rescue your beloved people, answer and save us by your power. What is the emphasis that's being given here? David is the one who is um, letting us know that God, in fact, did respond and deliver him. Deliver him from those enemies who were coming after him. And he was victorious over the Edomites. The Edomites uh, were soundly defeated here. They never recovered from it. And so this is a picture of of how God will deliver his people. God is in the business of delivering his people from the wiles of Satan. That is the business that he is in, and that is the practice that he will always honor for those of us who recognize who God truly is, for those of us who recognize who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. That is exactly what we need to recognize here. He is in the business of delivering his people. And so... You have to understand that how does he accomplish these things? He just does it. He does it ultimately because he has victory over death and sin. 
He has victory because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. He wants to deliver us. He wants to see people get saved. He wants to see people come to him and have a relationship with him. And I think that we need to always live and breathe and act in a manner where we recognize that we are also here to help fulfill God's mission for other people. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs 16, verses 12 and 13. Notice that all of the two-year Bible plan readings will cover Psalm and Proverbs, the Psalms and Proverbs as well, too. Those are very valuable for us to look at and recognize uh, when it comes to Scripture because they speak in many ways very personally to us as far as what they're trying to uh, accomplish as far as behaviors, um, situations, circumstances. Uh, sometimes they speak very practically for with advice on how to handle life. But we want to recognize here in this particular section, uh, in the section Proverbs 16, Proverbs chapter 16, we want to recognize that uh, here's what it says in verse 12. A king detests wrongdoing for his rule is built on justice. In verse 13, the king is pleased with words from his from righteous lips. He loves those who speak honestly. Now, you have to understand that this is being written to the Israelite man who is subject to Mosaic law. And back then, of course, they had kings and various kingships and kingdoms. And there was a proper order and a way of behaving uh, within those times. But Kings uh, sometimes were very, very swift with making decisions uh, when it came to how they meted out justice or, or business or whatever it was that took place. And the king is not going to fool around with somebody who uh, is living in a manner that is unjust or living uh, wrongly. Uh, the king is pleased with words from righteous lips. He loves those who speak honestly. Now, what other king are we talking about? We're talking about our our King, our Messiah, Jesus Christ. He is not going to take a stand for those people who are not doing what's right, who are doing the wrong things. He is going to listen to those who truly do speak truth, listen to those who uh, are living in a manner that is conducive to being righteous before Jesus Christ because you're trusting and believing in him, you're taking matters of sin to him, you're asking for forgiveness, you're living in such a manner where you want to honor God live for him, uh, live in such a manner where you want to give him the glory. That's what's going to be the difference maker in this world today. We need people who are ready to stand on truth, live in truth, not live a lie, not live in such a manner where we're dishonoring God. These are the things that we need to see today in a, in a world that has gotten more and more blatant. Uh, I'll just use that terminology, blatant when it comes to uh, matters of sin and just living in an unrighteous manner and even doing some things that are just heinous in nature too. Um, we, we need to recognize that Satan is the one who is the author of all of this confusion that is taking place in the world today. May we stay in the word every day. May we stay prayerful. May we stay focused on living for Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth that you have given to us through the messages today. Pretty much everything we read in Scripture, there is an application to how we are to live today and live in this world that is becoming 
for all intents and purposes, more and more uh, anti-God, anti-Christ, more and more of people who are worshiping themselves as God rather than looking to you, dear Heavenly Father. We pray now that you just intervene in many ways where people who are doing evil will be stopped from doing so, where people who are living in a manner that is outside of your will, that those people will fail miserably. Lord, we want to stand on your truth and stand for the gospel. And may we take that stand in manners that are not in any way, shape, or form glorifying ourselves, but glorifying you. I thank you for the lessons from the passages we read today. Bless us, Lord, now and in the future. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today for another 15-minute devotional. We appreciate you being here. Uh, Stay with us every week. Every Wednesday, we'll have either a Bible study or a devotional for you. And we appreciate you being here. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.